I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, a head of hip hop by the numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in Digging. How's it going, Charlie? Yeah, man, it's, it's all good here. Um, it's been a turbulent day, let alone a uh, weekend, but you know, it's all good. Still chugging along, still getting these pods out, so that's all that, that's all that matters over here. Um, we're just grinding away. I've had a, a very tumultuous week as well, but it's uh, nice to sit down and have some structure and do the podcast. I like that. Yes, we are we are here for everyone's routine as well as ours. This is basically a routine now, so you know any 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 uh very important to keep uh to keep to keep people's routine going because we have we have subscribers now we have subscribers now so you know people are like Where, where's the podcast at so man we got to, we got to keep up with demand I know. it's not easy to do I know. it's I a lot know. of pressure on us I know. shout out to the people uh talking to us throughout the week about the pod and uh it's uh, it's, it's very fascinating it's not something i've never experienced really yeah man um, i mean i mean i had it a little bit with this junior radio show back in the day, but you know, it's only like a couple of people, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not exactly, it's not exactly on this level. Uh, so, but anyway, um, how was your week and uh, what did you listen to this week? Uh, my week was very, very anxious. It was very, <laughs> it was, it was a rough week, but I did listen to quite a lot of music. The first thing I want to talk about is Cool Keith's tape, Keith. Now, that just popped up on my radar randomly on Spotify. And I was like, Cool Keith. All right, let's see what Cool Keith sounds like in mm, 2019. Interesting. And um, look, man, this is absolute freaking fire. I don't know what else to say, but uh, Psycho Les, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He produced the entire tape. The second song is called, it's about f- weaning girls in Foot Locker. And I was just Brilliant. like... I don't know why, it's very silly, but I don't know why, but I just kept going back to that song and I'm like, wow, this is really actually, I don't know, I just really enjoyed that. So if anyone wants to go listen to some new cool Keith, uh, Keith, it's out there. Um, Also listened to Tycho's new album, which was pretty chill, it was alright. Blood Orange's new album, Mm. I thought there was a little bit too much rapping on it like i really wanted to get into a vibe and kind of drift off like i have with blood orange in the past but i felt that rapping was kind of jarring me out of it a couple of times i forget what songs that was on but um yeah it just felt a little bit harsh and and discordant but apart from that great release and also checked out ed sheeran's number six collaborations project or whatever the hell he's calling it it. and uh look this i i did it because i wanted i wanted to um because ed sheeran is apparently a huge hip-hop fan and he's been on the breakfast club before and he's done the the white entertainer rite of passage where he's rapped Nicki minaj's monsterverse live on camera it's basically what you have to do to go viral 
uh, in hip hop as a white performer that doesn't rap. Like you have to rap along word for word to that verse, and he did that. So he's well, ticked that ball, box. Okay. Now he's run back. He's got tracks. It's <laughs> it's a low bar, but hey, man, I don't know. But he, he's run back. He's got Meek Mill. He's got Eminem and Fifty Cent on one of the worst songs I've heard in the last 10 years. I don't know what 50 Cent was even doing on that song. I'm like, what? What did, you made in the club. You don't have to do this. You just, just stop, man. I don't know. And then what was really crazy was, so I listened to the project, and then I'm driving out to uh, La Perouse in Sydney with my girlfriend, and we were listening to Radiohead again as I just randomly put it on, and she's just like, is this Radiohead again? And I'm like, yes, it is. She's like, can we please listen to Ed Sheeran's project? And I was like, no, no, we, need, we can't listen to it. So we put it, on, we put it on, and I'm like, look, listen to this Eminem of Fifty Cent song and tell me what you think. And so she listened to it, and she's just like, that was really good. I really like that Fifty Cent verse. And I looked at her, and I'm like, I wasn't sure if she was being serious or not. She's being dead serious. So, uh, look, man, this this project, everyone's going to like it. It's just standard Ed Sheeran, but it, it wasn't for me. Uh, yeah, what did you listen to? I love how Ed Sheeran's Rite of Passage is pretty much the same as, like, a really good, well, a really popular TikTok account. That's that's amazing. Just just on the same same level. That's amazing. Um, yes, what, what did I listen to? <laughs> so, actually, I kind of hopped on the Griselda train just a little bit, you know, just, just a little bit. Uh, I listened to Conway's Machine ah. Eve 2, Eat What You Kill. Um... It was, it was it was cool. It was cool, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, I the fact that I listened to Benny the Butcher first, I kind of feel like Conway's just a little bit lesser than Benny in, yeah. in my mind. I've only listened to one project uh, each, but obviously, yeah. but you know, so take that with a pinch of salt. But that's just how I see it um, from one project yeah, to one project that. this year. Uh, Choosing Exiles, uh, Black Beans, amazing project. Uh, just some on point soulful hip hop. Exiles, one of my favorite producers of all time. Probably top five, if I'm completely honest with you. Like, everything I listen to of Exiles is just so breezy, uh-huh. so soulful. I love it. And Choosy does well on here. So he has, a, I think, an Afro-Latino heritage, and there's a lot of uh, inspiration there. There's actually one track called, I think, Black is Beautiful or something like that, and uh, has a Blue from Blue Ex- Exile fame, um, the rapper. Uh, he hopped on as well. And also a woman called Anna Tiju, if, I, if I'm pronouncing that right. I think she's a Chilean. Uh, Chilean French uh, artist, and yeah, I can't speak Spanish for lick, but okay, uh, cool. it's 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 just really, it's just really nice. To listen, uh, just uh, having Blue hop on there, Choosy hop on, and then just Anna Tiju in the in the middle, just a uh, just a uh, I don't know, just a real refreshing, real refreshing uh, thing. Because you know, you really listen to it. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I really listen to foreign language uh, music and. It's just a, it's a, it was just a nice uh, reprieve, yeah, I guess. Too. So yeah, that's a that's a potential top ten um, of the year. We'll put that in the contention for sh- uh, definitely in the shortlist. Uh, the good people, obviously okay. mentioned them previous. Cool. I think it was previously with the the summer EP. They also had an album drop this year called Good for Nothing. Fine, listen to that. Yeah, uh, amazing project. Had a DJ Cool Red Alert uh, hype it up for the intro, and it just and so that X is there. Large professors on here as well. Uh, just a real good hip-hop album, and uh, just a real throwback feel. I uh, really enjoyed that, of course. Uh, Coast of the Friend, Photo, F-O-T-O, in caps. Um, I was actually put onto this by a friend, 
uh, on Instagram and it just looked, I just heard like a clip of him and I was like, mm, this, this is interesting, I'll give it a go. So he's, uh, he's from Manhattan, I think he's Manhattan based, Brooklyn born, some one of the two. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a real, um, it's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of Frank Ocean vibes, I, I will say that. Uh, not like from a crooning standpoint, but just by a content standpoint, it's just like, uh, very summer vibe, like a very um, uh, breakfast club kind of kind of feel, where it's just like you know just teenagers messing about. I didn't really, I feel like I didn't listen to it as as mm. intently as I should, so I probably will give it another listen. But yeah, it was a good project for my list too. Uh, Blood Orange Angels Pulse, that was the the mixtape you said uh, that you said as well. Listened to that as well. You know, it was, it's not Charcoal Baby. I feel like it was. Um, Cutting room floor songs from that album from last year. That's how I feel about it. Um, Justine mm, Sky MVP, okay. amazing pipes. Love okay. Justine Sky on that. Uh, Daniel yeah. Caesar's Case Study O One. Yeah. Mm, not a fan. Just just straight up. Just straight up. Not a fan of it. Uh, the brandy. The brandy features okay. good, but other than that, um, I, I just can't really. Yeah, it, it didn't fit me. I enjoyed Freudian, but I just don't enjoy this. And uh, lastly, shout out to Khan again, uh, K A A N, mm. who uh, dropped an album I C A B S with dots in the middle of those. And uh, yeah, that was the project I was looking for. Not Gathering, that was the project I was looking for. That was um, a great project. Uh, okay. you know, he, he switches up the flows constantly, uh, const- uh, constant changing of uh, subject matter. Just just an OP uh, rap project, to be honest. Uh, really enjoyed that. But yeah, it's uh, quite a packed week for me, listening-wise. Um, I still need to listen to Big Crit, uh, but that's on the list. But yeah, other than that... It is oh all good, yes, so. I did actually. I did actually listen to Big Crit. I did listen to Big Crit, and um, yeah, man, I can't believe that slipped my mind. Well, evidently, How there's a reason you? it slipped my mind is because it just didn't. <laughs> but it just it just didn't have that. You know what? He only produced three tracks on this album out of I think eighteen, and mm. it honestly tells That's there's low, just isn't it? something missing, and that it just doesn't have that. It doesn't have that knock. It doesn't have that like. I don't know. Look, this is the first time I've really noticed this in a crit project where I was just like, whoa, what, what's this? It's just a little bit mediocre. And yeah, I don't know. I had it in the car as well. Uh, yeah, it just didn't hit as hard as normally. So I miss mm-hmm. that. I miss that crit production really badly. Mm. I listened to his uh, so then, EPs from earlier in the year. Um, I think it was called TDT or Thrice X. I, f- yeah, I think they're the two EPs song. actually. Yeah, I listened yeah. to those and I was like, mm, "This is the case." This kind of it was just very average crit, you know. It wasn't really didn't really blow blow me away yeah. any of the particular songs. It was kind of just passable. So, yeah, if that's the trend that he's uh, saying with this album, obviously uh, after the EPs, I'm just uh, that's gonna be a bit disappointing. But I'll give it a listen regardless. Uh, so. Yeah, should we get on with the show? Yeah. Well, yeah, we might as well get into it because uh, I was holding this one that I listened to back because we're going to do the meme episode, which we spoke about last week. Mm. Now, memes are very interesting. They're a very, <laughs> very, very interesting part of culture. And I think a lot of people like to disengage with them and pretend that pretend that they're just, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but they're just superficial things. But they have huge implications. Now... I was listening to the new Old Town Road remix with Young Thug and Mason Ramsey. And, um, dude, it's, you know, the track is fire. Like, (laughs) off the rip, it's just a great song. And Young Thug actually, Young Thug, you know, Young Young Thug actually comes. He he comes with three different flows in about 30 seconds. It's incredible. But 
it leads in heavily into the episode because it's now three weeks away. I think it's three weeks away, this song, from being the longest running Hot 100 in North American history. Now, it's already the longest running hip hop song. Uh, it's 14 weeks, I think, now, and the, the previous was 13. Mm. So it's already, you know, and the way that Lil Nas X has rolled this out is masterful, like truly masterful. And I don't want to just put this on the label that uh, that is doing this. Look, the, the remixes, yes, we'll put that on the label because they're the ones that didn't even get Billy Ray Cyrus on the phone. But Nas, Lil Nas X's uh, social media presence the dude is freaking hilarious, man. And the way that he's like drip fed us parts of his personality is just crazy to the point where it's fever pitch now. This guy's putting out tweets that are getting like 500,000 likes and they're just really simple tweets. Or he's just responding to memes or um, like the one where, because he came out as gay and then he said, uh, next guy that, criticizes me for being gay gets kissed on the mouth and everyone just lost their shit over that like that's freaking hilarious the guy is just funny as hell and so the power of the meme is very very tangible and quantifiable in this era like you know we had vine we have tiktok now apparently old town road came from tiktok i don't even know what tiktok is to be honest like, I told my friend about this the other day, or about two months ago. Um, shout out to you, Carolyn, if you're listening. You might be listening to this randomly. But like I said, have you heard of TikTok? She's like, of course I've heard of TikTok, Ben. Who hasn't? And I'm like, what is it? She's like, it's the Kesha song. And I'm like, no, no. It's a genuine, like, it's a platform where people, like, share, like, little things. And she was being serious for it. She's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't know, I haven't clocked on to TikTok either. So I guess it's, it's interesting to look at this the way it's going because it's not going to slow down. Memes are going to become even more important uh, and they're going to start driving commercial behavior even more to the point where people are going to get mega rich off these things and they already have. So I was interested, Charlie, to hear what you think about this because you did speak or propose it last week. And I've thought a lot about it during the week, but I'm interested to see what you think on the topic. Uh, so general thoughts on it all. I want to reference a dude that was hitting both of us up last week. And I he mentioned, I think, it, well, I forgot the ice. It was MF Doom, right? And, you know, for those that you know haven't listened to MF Doom, oh, uh, no. you know, that he's... he's you know he oh. he has the cadence. He has like a lot of flows, a lot of uh, a lot of rhyme patterns, rhyme schemes. Top you five. know, constantly throughout his throughout his tracks. And the dude called him a lyrical miracle. And when obviously, if you listen to last week's episode, yeah. you know, like yeah. mini rage at the term lyrical miracle. So I replied and I asked him, define for me lyrical miracle. And I had to ask three times before he actually defined it and it was the next day and my rule for arguing on on social media is if it's the next day I'm not gonna respond so <laughs> so I saw it yes I saw it the next day and it's you know it was a it was a, a, a piss poor response it was, it was nothing but this is it this is it in a nutshell for me where people are not just now making memes out of artists and 
you know, some artists are taking full advantage of it, some artists are kind of doing it, but then they just, you know, have their 15 minutes and they fade away. And this is a recurring thing I'm noticing now where it's not just artists anymore, it's our general lexicon in talking about music, in talking about hip-hop with a, you know, a a semi-intelligent point of view. And that's the bit that worries me the most. I think there's always been there's always been a viral artist, I believe, you know, in you know, you can go back to the Beatles if you really want to. I generally think that was a genuine viral experience, you know, Beatlemania and all that. That's genuine. So it's not yeah, something agree. that is in, it's not yeah. something that is created, you know, in the twenty tens, you know. It was it wasn't created along with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But while virality is a just a human thing, you know, it's a, it's a human nat- human natural community, well, virus <laughs> to put it put it lightly, uh, to be literal with it. Meme culture is way different in the turn in the fact that people give something, skewer it, and then people take that as gospel. And sometimes it's really hard to gauge whether, you know, it's it's either real or crap. By that I mean, is the artist actually decent, but people are taking the piss just because they want to? Like how they do, how most people do with Logic. Uh, mm. uh, and, you know, mm. it's, it's examples like that. And uh, it's, it's, it's jarring to me, I already said, but it is jarring to me thinking about that, where... It's not just viral artists, it's also people changing the lexicon and people changing narratives in a way that is not, it's not obviously mass media kind of way, but it's very, um, it's very disease-like and uh, it kind of, uh, on the, on that general sense, it just worries me uh, from how we even it's changing how the way we the way we talk about music and that's just something that I can't really uh sleep on. Someone asked me about Old Town Road and they said is it a good song? Do you like song? that song by the way? And that's why it's going to number 1. I do like the song. I'm just going to put it out there. I think it's a great song. I, I don't think it's a classic <laughs> we did, we song. We didn't know. This. <laughs> but I think it will become classic because of this but, th- but this is the thing, this is the thing, because this question was very valid. They said, is it a good song, or has the internet made it into a good song, or is it just so bad that it's good? And and my friend uh, spends a lot of time on Reddit, but not no time on social media. And she was asking this question, because she's like, Lil Nas X is huge on Reddit, but I, she didn't know anything, she hadn't even heard the song. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even know anymore. I don't know if this is a good song that is now at number one because of its merit or if it's a crank that soldier boy kind of laffy taffy d4l kind of um uh you know what i'm saying like a flash in the pan kind of Mm. everyone's just memed it into existence because it's a parody or a joke or something like that i i don't know anymore and I had someone tell me, because I've been doing uh, a lot of deep dives into philosophical psychology and, and stuff like that lately. I'm not going to get into that here, no way. But 
they were speaking a lot about memes and how humans communicate. And a friend said to me, who is a very good psychologist, when we were talking about the different ways that humans now communicate with each other. And a lot of them seem passive aggressive. And a lot of them have a, a lot of like behavioral issues under the surface of what we're seeing on top. And they said that all of these forms of communication are still valid now. You know, like uh, posting mm. things on Instagram to get a reaction out of an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend or posting a Facebook status or a Twitter status tweet that subliminally references something that has happened to you in the past in the hope that someone sees it. Like these are all now, because of the internet and social media, valid ways of communicating. And because they are now so entrenched, it's meant that memes are now a valid way for us to communicate ideas, feelings, and concepts with each other. But the problem is, it's very hard to distinguish between a joke and a serious thing or something we should take serious or something we should internalize versus something we shouldn't. And so just getting way, way back to your point, when that person said the that MF Doom was a miracle, lyrical, whatever, and we spoke about this last week, like that's just damaging. That's a damaging thing to think. And it's okay for that one person to think that. That's fine. Everyone can have their opinion. But when people start like applying this broadly to a bunch of different things without actually engaging with that thing themselves, like this person was trying to say that, and I'm not trying to light this person up, maybe they feel this way, but they applied that to Kendrick. And I was just like, you can't have ever listened to Kendrick. You can't have ever listened to Kendrick if you want to call them a miracle, lyrical, spiritual individual. Because it's just not, and so the damaging thing is that, and and you see it across all realms of uh, mainstream media now, where you know fake news is the the hashtag, and I don't want to use that, but a lot of a lot of outlets will just grab something because it's popular and viral and run with it, regardless of the truth. And if that means that saying logic is trash, or you know calling a certain artist dust, or you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. If it's getting clicks and likes and people are engaging with it, they're going to run with it. And I've seen it myself and I've got some stats that I will bring up a a tiny bit later that are going to really freak people out a little bit and be like, whoa. But I've seen it on a a very basic level. You know, we just hit 30,000 followers on Hip Hop Numbers and it looks like we're going to get 10 million impressions this month. So thank you, man. Thank you. But like what, what I've been doing is studying this and looking at what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, I tweeted about Bad Barbie uh, yesterday or the day before. That got 50,000 views because it was just kind of funny. But it was, it, 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 I don't even feel super comfortable doing it because it wasn't a very positive tweet. And it's certainly not a tweet I would normally put on my page. But a lot of people were asking for me to put this on my page, and I did. And it got 50,000 views very quickly. But my other tweets, the one about MF Doom, got 22,000 views in the same amount of time. And so I worry. I, I worry, but I don't, know, I don't know what the answer is, you know. Um, so a lot to unpack there, obviously. <laughs> uh, first of all, sorry, Ben's sorry. got bars. Lyrical, miracle, spiritual, individual. Damn. Um, <laughs> uh, it was out here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, 
there's something to there's, there's I think there's always like a two it's always a double-edged sword how I see it right you can see it as somebody well you can take it in as either uh, people are taking the piss and having fun with it. This person ain't trash, okay? You, 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 and, then, and then you just do it yourself. You just have a look, you know. You just won't, you know, uh, take what the meme is saying, regardless if it's a joke or not, and listen to that artist. Like so, Russ, for example, who is shat on constantly, and you know, I may be a oh, culprit of this. I've gosh. never listened to a Russ project. Just simply, be- well, not simply because, but subconsciously, maybe, maybe, maybe I just see these shit, and I'm just like, and I've heard a couple of beats, and I'm like, well, it's the same, same old, same old. I guess I won't really lose sleep over not listening to Russ. The dude has 13 mil uh, monthly yeah. uh, listeners on Spotify. That's not, that's not, that's not trash <laughs> in any, in any, you know, fashion. You know, no. that's, that's that's a genuine listenership. So, you know, there's people like that who listen to Russ to either spite the memes or just to be a contrarian. But then there are people uh, who say the ne- who say the negative, and then another person looks in and goes, yeah, you're right. And then they, whether subconsciously or not, genuinely take in that message, whatever the message uh, is portraying. So obviously there's two ways you can look at it and two ways you can progress after after looking at something like that. Luckily, I listened to Logic way before the memes came through, so uh, I was I was glad I missed that boat. Because uh, who knows otherwise? Who knows otherwise? After maybe if I started listening around everybody time, then pff, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have listened to Logic. You know, you just see the you, you just see the memes of Logic, and it's like, hmm, that's pretty corny. Why? I, I should I won't listen to that guy. So it's possible to. I think there's actually. I, I know you weren't going to get academic, but I'm just going to get a little bit academic. Uh, so I remember during uh, a film studies uh, course I took at school and there was uh, a, we were talking about how people take in messages. So one of them is like the really base one is called the hypodermic needle theory. And it's very, it's very used by, you know, fear mongering kind of, kind of people where, uh, you see, like, uh, stories of, oh, someone watched this film and then they murdered someone 20 minutes after, you know, something like that, and they blame the film for it. We've all seen those kind of stories. It happens in every country um, where mm. someone, like, watches, I don't know, Clockwork Orange. That, that was a UK, That's a UK story. I forgot the dude's name. But, yeah, this uh, kid watched Clockwork Orange, apparently, and killed two people because he watched it. It's like, mm, not how not how life works. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think people okay. are that dumb. But no, maybe. that's not causation. No. Exactly. So maybe so, but then we get to something uh, called the two-step flow, where someone up top gives the message, and then there's a middle ground that we go to, that the audience goes to, and they take the word from from that person. You don't take it from the source. It's similar to like reading the news, and then you see someone say a uh, uh, sourced from a tweet, and then people just stop there. They see the tweet, and they're like, okay opinion made about this particular uh, story but people don't go in don't go looking into the primary source who who's the who was the person on twitter who who you know who's that person and you know you do that and you do that research obviously twitter's a poor example because you can easily just look at their profile and if, yeah. they're, if they're a celebrity they're a celebrity <laughs> you probably know who they are but anyway you know people don't look for that primary yeah, source they yeah. just rely on the secondary source and this is kind of the same thing where we see the meme pages on Instagram 
and if you see if you see enough blueface memes there will come a point where you might not have to where you might not listen to blueface and it's completely fine um but yeah i think it comes down to you know you you it can be fine i guess if you don't but it also is kind of weird how that how our brains can go to that where we where we look at a freaking meme where something so basic something so universal uh you know major communicator for around the world and it's just a meme of i don't know blueface being off tune and people don't listen to blueface because of it so or people think he's shit because of it so um just um like i said it's not viral but it's a it's a completely different thing and it you can either worry yourself about it or really be hyped about it in a way but i don't know that's that's obviously up to you guys of how you feel about it i just feel a bit dirty because of it i feel like you know maybe i've been affected <laughs> you know but you don't know it you really don't know i think we've all been affected the human mind is incredibly complex and but the problem with the fact that it's so complex is that we can't delve into that complexity in our everyday yeah. life yeah. we have to simplify things and to simplify things the brain will just put things into categories and like usually one, two, three. First category is I like this. The second category is I don't like this. The third category is this doesn't affect me and so I'm not going to engage with it. Now, these memes, the problem, what you're saying, like especially the two-step flow thing, is that the, the information that we're getting is probably yeah. not correct. And with logic is a great example. You know, personally, I don't, I don't, I listen to Under Pressure and I love that album. And I, this is a great example, actually, of the, those three things because I don't like Logic anymore. You know, I think, it's just my opinion, I think he's corny and cringy. And so when I see memes that are critical of him, regardless of their accuracy, okay? Now, regardless of, it doesn't matter, you know, like he might have had the, the biggest drop-off in first week sales or something like that, whatever it is, and, and someone will meme that into something. And something in me, before I even think, feels good it's like ah yeah see man i was right i don't like logic and and no one else likes him either it doesn't even matter what the meme is it just has to be within these three categories it has to be positive negative or if it's none of those i can just disengage and so now we're engaging with content on a very very surface level but the scary thing is a lot of it's regurgitated content and we're getting secondhand, we're getting snippets, we're getting edits. I was listening to a Just Blaze interview once. Uh, I forget what podcast he was doing, but he's like, I don't like doing these podcasts because they keep taking my mm. words out of context and just putting mm. snippets of the words mm -hmm. into headlines and everyone just believes that headline and then, you know, turns it into a meme or turns it into whatever. And so... He's just like, I just hate it. I can't stand it. And it's the human mind. It's it's predisposed to do this because living is complex. But it's interesting you mentioned the difference between being viral and being a meme because I think a lot of uh, the stuff I've got written in front of me is kind of virally stuff. Okay. You know, I've got uh, some, some artists down, like look at Slim Jesus, for example. I don't know what the... How would you define the distinction... <laughs> Yeah, look, I got him, man. I got some funny. I got some funny stuff sitting in front of me. But like, but but what what would you define the difference between a meme and viral? Um, 
I would say that virality, I think, comes through... Um, I think virality can come through more with outside of... I think it's outside the social media space. So when I see someone like a... uh, Like a Stormzy, okay, for example, right? Um, Drop shut up and that blows up. You get to... You start to see that he doesn't... He isn't just the hype on social media, he becomes the hype on TV, on the radio as well. I just find that because they're more solid as outlets, Mm. uh, and obviously social media is the most extremely fluid thing you could possibly think about. I see. um, I think that's where, I think that's where it cuts off, where can, do they jump, do they jump onto the genuine ones and does it begin there, I guess? So if you compare that to someone like her LNX, where obviously he dropped the track, it may have come from TikTok, we, we don't know specifically where, how the hell, how did it come, How seriously, how did it come about? Honestly, when, when was, actually, answer that question, when was, the, when was the first time you heard Old Town Road? Because I actually do not remember how the hell I got into it. I only heard it when I when it first went number one, and then uh, I literally didn't listen to it until like the third week. And I tweeted about it, and Lil Nas X retweeted me, but I still hadn't even heard the song. And then, yeah, it was only because it went number one. Like I I I don't know when when my friend said TikTok, I was like, what? Like yeah. I didn't know it came from TikTok. I don't yeah. really know anything about it to be honest. Yeah. So I say an example. If so, for that, I would say that was very social media driven. I honestly believe that. And obviously now he's, you know, on shows and doing the stuff that I was talking about previously. I think this is very loose, I know, in terms of differences. But I think just the... there's, there's I think there's an arbitrary number, a very abstract number that I'm thinking of uh, where how long does it go from just being a social thing to a genuine uh i guess to a genuine career i guess i guess it's more about longevity for me i think if you're viral then you have a i think you have a better chance to become something more i think a meme is more is obviously more fleeting i said this to a mate yesterday actually like I can look at a meme and I'm like, that's the great, that's the greatest thing I've seen in in ages, and it, 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 you know, inevitably, inevitably, it will die out. But I'm like, I'm not saying to myself, there will never be a meme better than that. And then, like a month later, I'm on something completely different. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, meme culture, I think, is yeah, very yeah. fast. I think it's the fastest thing, the uh, phenomenon, I guess, if you want to label it that for lack of a better phrase, it's the, it's the quickest one where, and it just has the lifespan of a fly, in my mind, so, um, I think there's a route, I think there's, I think they're on different routes, I just can't explain the bloody routes <laughs> to both the sayings, uh, to both the phrases, but, um, I just, I just believe genuinely there's a difference there, but, um, 
Yeah, you you mentioned Sim Jesus, so I assume you had a either a hypothesis, I guess. <laughs> well, no, that that was really was trash. that was really trash enlightening take. because I guess I hadn't thought of the the difference between the two, but now 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 no, it's good, it's good. Now in my head, I'm trying to like delineate the two, and it's very difficult because. I think that I think they're entwined a lot. You know, someone tweeted out today it's seven years since uh, Gangnam Style, yeah. and that's the first thing that came to my head when you mentioned mm-hmm. jumping platforms from social mm-hmm. media into real life. And I remember, uh, it was probably what was it, twenty twelve, and dude, that was the first time I had laughed that music video in a good eighteen months. I was so unwell and that music video i could not stop laughing and i thought oh yeah this is hilarious man like but you know being being underground for so long i was kind of like oh you know it's an internet thing and then i went to a cricket game in australia and they were freaking playing the song and these kids were getting up and doing (laughs) the gangnam style dance and i was like oh okay so this isn't a meme this is this is viral now this is this is serious stuff so I think because I'm I'm looking at these artists I've got written in front of me and you know Slim Jesus, Matt Ox, <laughs> Jake and Logan Paul, Rich Brian, uh Big Shaq. I um the Big Shaq yes, thing was yes, a meme. That's meme. a meme for me where that night uh, however many seconds of that clip where he was heavy. That's a meme. Uh Slim Jesus, that's a meme I think. Um now I'm thinking of Drake a lot because I think that he I don't think he goes viral very often. Now, bear with me on this. I think he is a meme generator. And I don't think I think going on to this uh idea of longevity, Drake just generates a lot of memes over mm. a long period of time. If you compare him to someone like 6ix9ine, I think 6ix9ine was a viral mm-hmm star i think that he just had an epic amount of buzz and he just kept feeding that but it but it was a groundswell whereas with drake it feels like these snippets of like you know you get yolo uh on the motto or you get the Mm. hotline bling video or you get drake at the basketball game pouring i don't know what the hell he was doing there or just you know uh him trying to kiss rihanna at that award show and, and she curved him there are just these memeable moments that keep Drake at the forefront. And so then he goes mini viral off these things, but but no one's still doing the Hotline Bling meme anymore. You know, that's done. And I, I have not heard Hotline Bling in a really long time. In fact, I haven't heard many of Drake's older songs in a really long time. I certainly haven't heard the motto in a really long time. So it's a really interesting difference. I actually wrote something here, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh... Can older rappers gain new relevance via a meme? Now, I'm thinking of the Jay-Z on the jet ski meme or the Ja Rule mm. and the Firefest meme. I don't know mm. who else is on that list, but do you think... Do you think is, it, is this the distinction between virality and... Because you can build a career off vir- virality uh, if you have the content to back it up. If you have the content. Now, Lil Nas X went viral and then he, he put the EP out and it went number two. I've noticed when I go viral, it's the reason I continue onwards in my growth is because I already have the content to back it up. But a lot of artists or a tweet might go viral and nothing happens. So this is different from a meme. 
Now, these Jay-Z、mm. and Ja Rule memes, do you think that an older rapper or an older artist can get new life in a career just off a meme?、Uh, I don't... Or Knee-jerk reaction to that, I don't really think so. I think that maybe Ja Rule has had an uptick in listens. I will probably take a stab at that. His, his, uptake, his listens have gone up recently in the past year. I can, take a, I can probably put a bet on that.、Um, but it depends, I guess, how serious you can, people、uh, in the, when they were in their heyday considered them. So obviously, people took Jay Z seriously. Some people take Jarl seriously. Not everyone. It's about 40, 60 on the, on the、uh, serious meter.、Um, so it, it, it comes, I think that comes down to Jay Z can do it. And this is the same with most,、uh, with you know, the biggest artists. Like Drake can do it. It's, great, it's interesting you mentioned Drake because I think he has. He has found a plateau where he can't, he, it's impossible to get off and、uh, it's impossible to fall off the cliff, I guess. And because he has that cushion, he can do this, you know, corny stuff that he does sometimes and it becomes a meme and it goes all around basketball Twitter and I have to mute the word Drake because reasons. And it, that's, just, that's just how it is. It doesn't really, that doesn't affect his music. You know, it's just、uh, to keep him culturally, culturally relevant. And I think that's another part of it as well, being a matter of cultural relevance. If the cup is definitely possible that he could have stayed, uh, stayed、um, popular off the memes alone and just constantly drop work, just keep the train going, like you said. That's what, that's what he did, and he took advantage of that.、Mm. <clears throat> I believe that some, they're just the, some of the ice you mentioned beforehand, like Slim Jason and all that. You know,、uh, Tom McDonald <laughs> for White Boy, funny, <laughs> that's a funny shit.、Um, you know, these are things that, you know, they,、uh, they, take, they take advantage of, but there comes a point where you have to be genuinely serious and、uh, about the career, I guess, and be really forward thinking, as, you know, the best artists are. They try and move forward.、Mm. If Takashi was just doing the, you know, let my nuts hang, shouting on a track, even worse than a Meek Mill, that's, that's going to die. That will die at some point. That has a life、uh, expectancy of maybe a year.、Um, for someone like, going back to like, someone like Jay Z and Jar,、uh, partly because they had careers beforehand, obviously uh, diminishes uh, some of the.、Um, Well, actually, maybe it adds to it, actually. Maybe, it add, maybe the fact they had, they've had careers obviously way before whatever meme you want to reference.、Uh, Jay Z jumping off a pool is probably my, fa- one,、uh, my favorite Jay Z meme, just, a, just, a, just, just an aside. <laughs>、um, maybe that makes the meme go. Even, even when <laughs> someone like Kendrick、one. dropped Damn, obviously there was a lot of memes about、uh, Humble and,、uh, and, and stuff like that. So. You know, if it, I, think, I think if they have a genuine career with genuine discography behind them, then I feel like it helps they die and that listenership will, you know, mellow out. But when it comes to someone starting out as a meme, then 
there comes a point where you have to it's like a crossroads are you going to be the serious artist like a someone like a rich brian actually who i believe is actually trying to be an artist and actually trying to do his things he went out of that he went to he went the way of actually trying to be an artist uh removing the rich chicken name um but then there's someone like a tom mcdonald who just constantly does the i'm white woe is me yeah yeah <laughs> Cringe with Andy Fantano, yeah. so um, you know it's this. I yeah. think that's how uh, it, there's a lot of layers in that. But yeah, I hope I explain that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good. I think you're right. I've never heard of that uh, Andrew McDonald. Is that who you called him? I've never heard of him before. No, Tom. Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Sorry. Listen to White Boy, bro. Listen to White Boy, and then listen to Cringing with Tom McDonald uh, by Andy Fantano. Is two creeps, bro. It's two creeps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, check it out. But that's a good point about six nine because, dude, like, have you heard anything about six nine? You know, it, he, he was just everywhere, and I actually, nope. I actually ran some numbers because this really intrigued me. Now, I looked at Hot ninety sevens uh, videos, right, and their views on their videos. Now, Hot ninety seven had never had a Takashi six nine interview, but this was I ran these numbers at the peak of his kind of, I guess whatever you want to call it his virality and i said i found out that when hot 97 speak on takashi in their videos they get 480 percent 482 percent more views okay then takashi went on the breakfast club and now i almost got canceled on this podcast because i said takashi 69 was smart but that was a while back now, actually. I'm still going, so... Oh, I don't the, the glorious I don't gem. Know, I don't know how I sidestepped that. But um, Takashi 69s two interviews on The Breakfast Club and now the longest, uh, the most Freezing viewed... take. They're the books. <laughs> Timo is a rough take. But um, yeah, he's... he's his two uh, videos on the Breakfast Club are now their most uh, their most viewed, uh, passing Birdman's somehow. Like that's crazy. When and this was this was a scary one, and this is what I want to lead into just really quickly. Now, a lot of people criticize DJ Academics. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that much about DJ Academics, except I watched him on Everyday Struggle. But I have read <sighs> a lot and heard a lot of murmurings and. Whatever you want to say. Now, I'm going to read the tweet out. I haven't actually read it out, but I just want to read it out. When DJ Academics posts about Takashi69 on Instagram, his post engagements go up 60% per post. Uh, Takashi averages 89,000 engagements for academics. His other posts only receive 55,000. His comments skyrocket. His comments go up 92%. Now, a lot of people were very critical of academics at the time and saying that he was contributing to Takashi's legal situation in a very mm. negative way. I'll ask mm. you this question after I deliver a mm. little bit of what I think is going on here. Because I haven't heard academics speaking on Takashi in a very long time, and I may have missed it, but I certainly haven't seen it. And if it has happened, I doubt he's getting anywhere near the engagement he used to get. How much, I wonder how much of the Mm. blame can be placed for these memes and for these, uh, because we spoke right at the start of this podcast on how negative stereotypes and things that aren't really true can be immortalized via a meme. And then it's shared Mm. so many times. And 
it's very scary. Like I'm working on schema therapy in, in psychology at the moment. And like the kind of when you have a negative view of something and then every time that thing happens and that negative view is reinforced, it creates this neural highway in your mind. And it's very hard to get off that. And I see it similarly with social media and with this the way mainstream media promote things. They just promote it it's regardless of truth or not. They'll put it out there and it will go viral and it will just become entrenched in, in culture. And so I wonder how much blame these people have or or like people like academics or outlets when they're reposting these memes that are you know like lyrical spiritual whatever or you know with Takashi it was just negative stuff like this stuff is probably going to be held against him in a court of law you know all this stuff that was going on on social media uh I actually mm-hmm. said to my dad like I'm worried about this mm-hmm. guy I think this guy might be the first rapper killed live on Instagram like he was pulling up to crazy places and saying, come get me, I'm here in your hood. But like everyone was just really jumping on that and saying, mm. look what Takashi did, look what Takashi did. And I'm kind of like, I don't know that we should be giving that a huge amount of press. Like that doesn't seem like very good behavior. And so I wonder just in this driving, this meme culture, how maybe how much responsibility outlets have. Because... Myself, I feel a lot of pressure, honestly. Uh, I feel a lot of pressure. A lot of people ask me to run specific mm-hmm. numbers. Um, the, the one I get all the time is how many mm-hmm. times does so-and-so say the N-word? And I, I don't even respond to them anymore. But I'm like, come on, man. I'm not going to fucking run those numbers. Like, There's no way I'm doing that. But another one I get a lot is can you run the numbers on how many times X rapper uh speaks about killing other black people or black on black like mur- like talking about murdering other black people and i get this a lot and it could be mm. one account with a bunch of burners just spamming me but i don't ever run those numbers because i'm like i think that's feeding into a negative rhetoric and i don't want to get involved in that it's not it's not my area whatsoever it's not i'm not comfortable with that but there's a lot of people who are going to jump on that because mm-hmm. I know, I know that if I did that uh, N-word tweet, I'm sure it would go crazy, right? And maybe in a bad way, but I might get a lot of followers out of it. And I'm always mm. going to draw the line. I'm never going to mm. do that ever. And if anyone ever sees me doing that, please call me the fuck out and say, Ben, don't do this shit. Like you are much better than this. This is not you. You don't need this for content. But I've drawn that line. And I don't know that there's a lot of outlets and people out there who have never drawn that line and, and don't even know that a line exists or there's no line for them. So maybe I ask you, like, how much responsibility do you think people with a platform have in meme culture? Well, I think this is, you know, the overriding theme of not even just music, but just culture and how we consume news. You know, you can get very broad with this concept of how outlets respond to things you know of how we how, how like how journalists are taught in university to focus on negatives yeah you know, to that's... focus on whatever negative shit is going on you know tmz they just put a camera in a dude's face and, and he's just like threatening to fight people you know i mean there's, there's been loads of that kind of shit so yeah. um first of all on dj academics uh 
absolute leech uh, okay. as uh, just from a from a, it's probably like the 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 he's probably the clearest example I can think of of a hip hop quote unquote journalist that just hops on the complete negative and rides it till the wheels fall off where where if people stop talking about uh, people are not talking about it he will stop talking about it and he'll mm. hop onto the exact next thing straight up uh, remember a couple of years ago where like Vic Mensa f- f- uh, was threatened to fight him because of the shit he did about uh, Chicago and drill music and how, you know, he had no knowledge of that shit, but he just focused on negative and painted the worst possible light that it could. Not objective, not objective opinion at all. Just, you know, I saw he was basically going off like, you know, I see these videos on Instagram. I think some certain type of way. Let me have some confirmation bias about that. That's what he does. He just searches for confirmation bias on whatever. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. You know, does DJ academics make negativity or does the memes get academics to look into the negativity? So you can answer that question if you want, but Mm. I won't won't even bother. But um, yeah, in the broadest of sense, meme culture is obviously a thing that either spreads positive shit like you know you can obviously go to old town road is a is a good song i'm not really a fan of these constant remixes um, <laughs> i think i saw something on twitter where it was like uh some dude tweeted this is 2095 and the and the 2000 the old town road remix featuring da 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 have yeah. have dropped it's you know it's it's i guess it, you can find positives in that but there're also a lot where they have the negative connotations like we've mentioned uh given several example of examples of and and outlets can't really help themselves you know if 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 they don't cover it then their rival will cover it you know what i mean it's kind of just a it's kind of just a endless game of um uh, of like a one two three shoot you know what i mean it's just it's, it's just who shoots first, and everyone's fighting to be first, uh, the first outlet to get this news out. And sometimes it, you know, it is kind of vulture-like, where where you're just like hounding for these negative stories, and you want to be first to report it because that will get the traffic. We feed off negativity a lot, and for people like academics who shamelessly do that and never try and be objective with it, they just look for confirmation bias. That's bullshit. And, um, but just overall, in terms of, you know, uh, just bringing it back into the, you know, microscope in a bit, into the concept of meme artists, it's, um, because of all that, I always question, A, how did this get here, and never really finding a complete definitive answer. You know, that's just how memes go. Like, who who started that Area Fifty One shit? Who who started that? You know what I mean? So oh, that's crazy. It just it just memes are very underground, like that, where one meme page does it, and then a million other meme pages repost it, and just doing the type different type of way, and then it starts, then the fire starts, and for some, you can find positives in it if you really want to, and wow. I'm finding ne- we're finding the negatives in it. Ah, oh, we're terrible journalists. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it, it, we're not journalists anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, it's right what you're talking about in terms of you know trying not to uh, 
uh, go down the easy route just for clicks and looking up. Why are people asking for N word count? Like, what is? Why? Why? Know. What is your? I don't know. I don't what's know your fascination with it? I don't. Don't answer it. Don't answer this question. It's a supremely rhetorical. But I'm just wondering: Is it white people doing that? Is, is that a white thing? I don't know. Don't answer that. But um, it's a, uh, for the sake of your own uh, health. But um, you know, it's a. Uh, it's it's just, it's just a invisible thing that we can't really get a grasp of, and sometimes it's scary to think about because. Because it's invisible, and um, you know, uh, one reference just outside of music. Obviously, uh, uh, Halle Bailey has been cast as the Little Mermaid, the live-action Little Mermaid, and people were in uproar. And I was listening to a podcast recently. Shout out to Bamani Jones, and he was like, "I'm really wondering with these kind of stories, who, how many people are, are genuinely outraged? Because it just may be, it really may be boss." <laughs> just driving the conversation yeah. we don't know that and i think it's the same with memes as well where yeah. you know i've seen i've seen many pages where there's just um bots creating memes and they're generally good <laughs> and they make sense so that shit is kind of scary and you know i don't want to get into some tangent about ai and, <laughs> and the future of that kind of bullshit but it's something generally to think about as it, as it pertains to memes and music and virality where we don't know how it starts but if it's good it's good and we just accept it sometimes um harping back to the hypodermic needle, uh, needle theory uh, pretty much but um it's a it's it's a it's a it's a creepy it's a creepy thing uh, and uh, it's obviously always really hard to grasp of whether it's a uh, a positive thing or a negative thing. I think we can't discount the importance of opinion leaders in that because what you said right at the end there really resonated with me. Actually, personally, I tweeted about uh, the Freddie Gibbs and MF Doom thing during the week and or last week and an account with 500,000 followers retweeted me with quote and it was very, very negative. Like the quote was like, uh, analytics ruined sport and now this account's trying to ruin rap with analytics. And the response to that, the response, How you? <laughs> I know, man, like what a terrible thing for me to do. Cause that's exactly why I set out with hip hop numbers. I'm like, you know what? I hate hip hop. I'm going to ruin it with numbers. <laughs> like it, no one read the tweet. No one read it at all because if they did, they'd be like, oh, okay. It's literally not what this person just said. They're just comparing like specific parts of these artists discographies, but the comments were so vitriolic and just so immense. There were so many of them that I couldn't, I had to turn notifications off for the first time. I've never had to turn notifications off on a post, but I had to do it. And so what I was seeing, and, and I saw this, and look, I'm going to say it. I'm going to call it out because it happened. I saw this with Lizzo where she, I asked my followers if they considered Lizzo to be, or Lizzo's album to be a hip hop album. Uh, because she blends a lot of different elements and they said yeah yeah she's you know it's a hip-hop album so I was like okay cool it's a hip-hop album like we'll, we'll define it as such and Lizzo found the original tweet asking the question and she retweeted it with quotes saying yes I am a rapper you ho lamau or something like this and I actually didn't engage with the tweet at all until about a month later <laughs> lamau <laughs> yeah I got the lamau 
I didn't engage with the tweet until about a month later. And um, <laughs> and my friend said to me, uh, have you listened to Lizzo? And I was like, uh, yeah, man, not so much anymore because she kind of lit me up on Twitter for a bit of a silly reason. Like she didn't really read the tweet. And I went into the tweet and went into the responses on Lizzo's page and everyone was just really aggressive, like just of my account and me in general and just saying like they clearly didn't read the tweet. And my point here is that we're presented with something and we're not going to engage. We're not going to dig any further. It's the two-step thing where they're not even looking at the original thing or where it came from or or the the good example with I watched an, an article or a, sorry, a YouTube video on how meme culture drives negative stereotypes and tropes in society where now like there's all these memes about like how drunk you can get and and how cool it is to be very drunk or being the biggest mess at the group or maybe this is an Australian thing I don't know but we get a lot of these memes on Facebook of just like tag the biggest mess you know and it's someone throwing up and stuff like that and so no one is looking at the the behavior behind that it's like that's not healthy like you shouldn't be going out and throwing up at pre-drinks personally i used to do that and i was an alcoholic like it's not a good thing to do it's not a good place to be and so i saw it with this lizzo tweet where no one actually read the original tweet at all because if they read it they would have been like oh okay Mm. like he's literally not saying that you're not a rapper he's just Asking, he he even it even says in the tweet that she's a rapper, but is her album considered in the uh, in the genre of hip hop? No one read that. They just read, "Yes, I am a rapper, you ho, Lamau," and then they dragged me for it. And it, it's it is it is discomforting. Like I personally don't. I feel bad. It's really hard to. Yeah, it's it is funny, right? It, when I got when I actually went back through the comments, I was like, "Lizzo, why why did you do this to me, Lizzo, man? Don't don't Lamau me." <laughs> But um, yeah, it was. It, it's a bit scary. It's a bit scary because I think it's uh, really tapping into, and people love negativity. They really love negativity. I don't know why this is. I think it's because we're not really allowed to be very negative in our daily life. We can't just turn up to work and just say fuck everyone. Like I hate all you people. But we can online. We can do that on Twitter because no one is gonna, you know kick us out of the Twitter for being negative. In fact, people are probably going to champion us. So, yeah, opinion leaders and DJ Academics mm-hmm. is one of those. Um, and as I say, I haven't really engaged with this content enough to to make a judgment. Yeah, if you take DJ Academics' opinion for fact, then you're a fucking idiot, I'm sorry. Well, that's the problem, man, because he has a lot of followers and I guarantee you a lot of these people are taking his opinion for fact and it's just one guy. And that's what I've noticed with my platform is... A lot of people are like, oh, you guys do great work. I can't believe you put all this work in. I'm like, it's literally just one guy. And if I make a mistake and everyone runs with it, it's wrong. Like, it's wrong. You know, uh, I don't want to blow chart data up, but last week they tweeted out that Old Town Road was diamond. And then every freaking outlet ran with it. And then the RIAA had to come in and say, it is not diamond, guys. And uh, Lil Nas X even tweeted a meme in relation (laughs) to him being diamond. He was like, he took that and he tweeted out a meme that he was diamond. And RIA had to say, no, it's three times platinum. You guys go check the website if you're going to tweet anything. And Chart Data replied with, oh, you know, everyone makes mistakes. 
because apparently Colombia had tweeted out that it was done. I don't know. But that's the, that's the scary thing. And what is really scary is when people don't even care whether they're right or wrong. And academics is clearly, evidently, I, I don't know, but from just uh, secondhand um, testimony from people, that's what he does. And a lot of people, you know, Lizzo was, in this case, she wasn't correct. Um, it's very scary. It's very scary how something can go viral very quickly based off a false premise. And I guess it really circles back to the Lil Nas X question of, is this song actually good? Or are people just like, I don't get it. I don't know. What's the line anymore? And it it gets really uh, very intricate. Yep. Shout out to the keyboard warriors. Context always matters. And I think that's just the I think that's just the key message here. Context really matters. And um, do your research, for fuck's sake. That's, that's mm-hmm. all I have to say. But anyway, shall we get to a lineup? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Okay. So this is a quick one for me. Um, funny enough, uh, you mentioned that uh, Blood Orange is, uh, I forgot the name for Angel Angel something, <clears throat> is a is an album. I'm Angel's Pulse, by the way. Uh, I'm here to say it's not an album. It's a mixtape, which okay. which brings me to my point. Okay. We really, we really desperately need to say and differenti- differentiate what the fuck is an album and what the fuck is a mixtape. Megan The Stallion's Fever is a mixtape, but people keep saying it's an album. I need outlets to dis- differentiate what the hell is an album, which one's a mixtape. And I hate when they just put project. Like, you need to say which of the three it is. <laughs> you need to say, is it an EP? Is it an album? Is it a mixtape? And I think there needs to be parameters for a mixtape. I feel like I feel like DJ Booth or Dat Piff, it has to be on those, one of those sites for at least four weeks and then go out to the rest of the rest of streaming media. I just I, obviously that's a very illogical uh, monopoly putting putting on putting giving DJ Booth and Dat Piff all exclusivity over mixtapes over the concept of mixtapes. But my point is being made. I just I just need to I just need people to to, to differentiate what the hell's a mixtape, what the hell is an album. Because when I try and do my lists, I miss out on some mixtapes. Because I, I don't know, I, I miss out on some albums because I, I'm told they're mixtapes and I don't do mixtapes. So I just either don't listen to them or I forget to put it on the album list because it's actually an album when it was considered a mixtape. We need to differentiate and I am done. <laughs> all right, all right. Off rip, I'm going to uh, put a new motion in that we rename Lighter Note, Darker Note. Because every single time we come in here, you have a you have a gripe, and I like it. I'm here for it, but man, it's it's making me <laughs> like I agree with you, and this is something we need to fix. But this is this is not light. This is heavy. This is heavy stuff. I mean, last week with the we had to tee up the okay, lyrical. Do you, do you want? Okay, you want something light? Okay. <clears throat> okay, I've got something light. Okay. Okay. Um, Shout out to England, Cricket World Cup. Let's get it. Ah, Let's not get this it. Bullshit. Let's get it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> hey, I'm not even a cricket fan like that, honestly. I'm not... <laughs> Anyone who follows cricket, all right, I got lit up this yesterday on my personal Twitter because I tweeted out this crazy shit. I was angry, firstly, because England shouldn't have won because uh, the umpires made a mistake in the final over <laughs> and they awarded them a run they shouldn't have. So England should have lost off the rip. Secondly, uh, 
half their team isn't even English. <laughs> Owen Morgan played for Ireland. Joffre Archer, they had to break their own rules to get their leading wicket-taker in the side. Thirdly, they're booing Australian cricketers for one incident of ball tampering, even though they championed their entire side for ball tampering throughout the entire 2005 Ashes. Fourthly, oh my God. Ben Stokes beat the, the brakes off two guys who were no physical threat to him, right? He beat the living crap out of them on camera. Sorry, he almost... And so what happens? He's welcome back into the side with open arms. Meanwhile, we'll boo Steve Smith, who didn't even ball tamper. I'm sorry, but no one outside of England wanted England to win that game. They should not have won that game, and I don't like England's... Man, it wasn't light at all. It it just got real... (laughs) Huh? It got... Yes. Ah. Well, Ben, I did try. God, jeez, I did try to do like no, but here you go. Oh, <laughs> I just fell right into that trap, my boy. Don't diss my lighter notes. Anyway, <laughs> it's been. <laughs> hey, you got me. Why'd you, you do that to me? Why'd you do that to me? Ah, am I that easily manipulated? Damn it! Oh, all right. Finished, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, while Ben takes this L and con- and contemplates life for the rest of the day, <laughs> I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been, I've been Ben Carter of of Hip Hop Numbers. Thank you for listening. Jeez, <laughs> and we shall see you next week. But until then, have a great week, everybody. Take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, thanks. Peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chopper Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chopper Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been the Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. Digging in the Digits.